I'm Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. And I'm Anthony Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. And this is short-term high-volatility investments, your one-stop shop for sports betting and insights no matter what season is in full swing. And now, let's cash some tickets. Back for more, baby. This is short-term high-volatility investments, fresh off of week three, where the podcast did quite well, a uh, three and two overall. But self-call, I'm hot on this podcast, five and zero oh over the last two weeks, and still profitable at two and one. My name is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets, alongside my partner in crime, Ant Latino. You might know him. Him as the odds fellow and talk to the people how are we doing always happy to be back it's a great time of year i feel like i say that every time but it's really just all the sport is happening we're kind of at a crossroads but you know we're going to focus on what you guys want today and the polls say the media says the people i talk to say it's all the nfl baby so that's where we're going to focus i did go one and one i talked myself uh, into a winner i also talked myself into a loser kind of split the baby there a little bit um, truthfully, I had the loser weighted a little bit more heavily from a personal level, so that was a bad job by me. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, amen. And we appreciate the transparency, of course. And <laughs> you know, not to sound like a broken record, but sport and ales—two things we for sure love. And boy, uh, we're just a couple autumn boys. You know, we love the fall foliage. We live here in New York, uh, and it's starting to feel pretty good. 60 degrees today. Hopefully, we'll stay under 80 moving forward. But right. we're not here to talk about the weather. We're not here to talk about ale, although I wish we were. This is episode 22, man. Just throwing that out there. That sounds pretty crazy. So there's a number we might have to do something special at 25, right? We got a yeah. we got a couple episodes to think. There may be some rumors swirling. About some live podcast recording, some chances for you guys to interact. So look for those for maybe episode 23, 24, and 25. Yeah, I love it. We'll do something special. Maybe look about some merch. Once we hit followers up to 50, I think we've been kind of struggling there. But we've got our listens up, which is huge, and that's ultimately what matters. We appreciate you guys. And before we dive into this NFL slate, do want to make a call out that I am still wearing my new lucky Yankees hat. And I don't know if the Yankee game have lost a game since I've bought this hat. I will just say, and we won't get into it too much, you know, I've seen a plus 600 Yankees to win the AL pennant. The team gets hot at the right time. You never know. So I'm just saying, just saying, keep that hat on. If I bet that ticket, all right, keep that. Hat I will. On. I shower in it. I sleep in it. This thing yeah, doesn't come off. We're good off. then. We're good. Yeah. I'll see you. I'll see you at the bodega. I'll see you at Billy's. I'll see you at Stan's. We got some, we got some live content in our future, I believe. Hey man, I mean, if there's a wild card game, you could bet your ass that I'll be there. And so will Ant. We'll be at Billy's, line them up, knock them down. But we've got a couple wins that we need to, need to lock Winners in before we get only. there. That's right. All right. Well, let's dive into this NFL slate. Quick yeah. recap again. Week two, uh, we went f- f- what three and zero as a podcast. I hit the Bucks minus twelve, a nice forty-eight to twenty-five win, as well as the Cowboys plus two and a half. That was an outright winner, and hit San Francisco minus three, and one of the easiest wins of the year at forty-nine. 49- 49 to 11 week three stayed hot three and zero for your main man over here four and zero. or sorry uh, baltimore on that minus one uh first or minus four first half cover they didn't cover the game so that always feels good to be real sneaky there uh and then also hit titans minus five and a half a little sweaty on that one but they prevailed 26 15 and the cowboys at three and a half an absolute smackdown 41 to 21 uh, and Ant looking pretty good as well. I think I just misspoke on that that San Francisco one. I think it was. I think I mistyped and, and, and led you down a bad, <laughs> bad, bad number. But they got Setting it done. Me they, up they, to they, fail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They hung on late. But then the Dolphins one was a tough one, right? We had the Miami Dolphins plus three and a half, a spot I liked for them. Uh, even traveling West Coast with a backup quarterback to Las Vegas. But the under got a little dicey. And I was sitting there at the end of the game. So this was right. And, and I mentioned how I was kind of weighted on the on the under on a personal level. Um 
you know, under 43, I think it ended up closing at 44 or 45, depending on when you got it. That this game was almost over, right? At 25-25, you know, it got sent into overtime. Um, but it, the game was sitting at 25-16, or what, what, I got to do some quick math there. Uh, 25, um, they were down eight, needed the two-point conversion, and the Dolphins came storming back. So again, that under would have hit. Uh, but it didn't. We went into overtime and luckily still got the cover. At that point, I was dreading, and I said this the other night on another podcast, I was dreading the game goes into overtime, the game flies over, and I can't wait for you know uh, Derek Carr to march down the field and punch it in and the Raiders to win by six and I lose both bets. So thankfully that didn't happen. You know, It wasn't a complete waste of a bad bet. Yeah, one and one uh, always feels better than zero oh and two. That's for that's right. damn sure. And you know, especially when you go to overtime, where underdogs go to die. Yeah, glad you came out of there and had the hook. The hook, very important. The Three, a key the number. I know we've been discussing a little bit offline. Yeah. Maybe we we'll get into that today. But let's jump forward here to uh, to week four. Crazy that it's already October. Crazy that we're almost twenty five percent way through the season after waiting oh so long. I don't know how a month of football has already gone by, but we've got I think three picks for you guys today. Uh, and where do we want to start? Let's dive into one of yours, and then I'll sandwich it in the middle. And uh, you know, can't stop, won't stop. Uh, let's go with my Dallas Cowboys, which I will not bet. You know, I will when the time is right, but it's nice having a co-host that supports my fandom, you know? Yeah, who knew I was such a Cowboy enthusiast? Yeah. Never had been before, but this is going to be the third week in a row that I talk about the Dallas Back Cowboys the on well. the show. Back to the well we go. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, baby. Right. And I still think, you know, the macro here, the key takeaway, if you're going to listen to any part of this analysis, is that I still think that they're underrated. And right. I think that's kind of crazy considering the stats. But. Hey, they look good on Monday night, right? The eye test said that. Uh, they've played some tough opponents, which I think we'll get into this in some other matchups. There's other teams that, you know, can you judge them as much as we think or the statistics think based on that eye test because they've played garbage teams. The Denver Broncos are 3-0. The... Opponents they faced a combined zero and nine, right? So not really that impressive. story with the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Not that story with the Cowboys. So. <laughs> exactly, man. That's what I love yeah. here, right? This is a Cowboys offense who's who's rolled. Uh, you know, they lost uh, lost but covered to the Bucks. Right. Uh, unfortunately, was on the wrong side. That was before I had seen the light and and really knew that <laughs> you know the, the Dallas Cowboys were potentially going to be my savior here. But then they go on the road, beat a solid Chargers. We had them two and a half there, and then you know we highlight them as a place to go home with a regressing Eagles team that data shows is overrated, and they absolutely. Smash them 41 21. That game was over in the first quarter. So don't need to rehash too many of the things. Obviously, there's some new listeners here. I'll do the spark notes of what we love. One offense elite, 29 points against the Bucks defense. Impressive. You know, underrated Chargers secondary. They still showed up, and the run game finally showed up in week two. And that run game came back in week three, both running backs over five yards per carry. We love that. Amari Cooper disappeared for the second week in a row. Probably due for a big week here. He seems to do that every now and again. But CeeDee Lamb, once again, balling out and then the tight ends came to play Dan Schultz huge uh, you know hard to predict between him and Blake Jarwin who's going to make the catches but that doesn't matter from a sports betting POV this isn't fantasy after all so we love what we see on this offense and I think the more interesting debate here and kind of comes down to the Carolina Panthers what do we make of them Sam Darnold undefeated 
undefeated. And, and that's pretty interesting here. They're 3-0, and but as you said with the Denver Broncos, combined records of their opponent, a smooth 0-9. you got to go out of your way to be that bad. But this is a Carolina Panthers defense that has is number one ranked in defensive DVOA uh, and number five in, in Dave, which takes in essentially the exact same stat, but it just weighs the preseason expectations a little bit more. Uh, so we get a, a, a larger sample size, if nothing else. Uh, but what I want to call out here, Ant, is that the strength of schedule, unsurprisingly, 0-9 is number 30. So that's huge. I think this is a defense that is good, sure, but they are overranked from where they should be. Even with that Dave stat at number five, I still think they should be lower than that. And then, of course, we got to talk about Christian McCaffrey. You know, they looked pretty lost without him. And, of course, they fed DJ Moore. Uh, what do you have, like 10 catches for 130 yards? I had Robbie Anderson in my daily fantasy league who had maybe one catch for a total of 11 yards, neither here nor there. But even if DJ Moore is balling, I think he will. Because this uh, Cowboys defense has allowed a lot of yards to the secondary against the Bucks. Antonio Brown, 5 for 121. Godwin, 9 for 105. Gronk, 8 for 90 against the Chargers. Keenan Allen went 7 for 108. Mike Williams went 7 for 91. And even against the Eagles in this romp, Hurts did throw for over 300 yards. So I, I just don't think even if they get it going in the air uh, that it's going to matter. If this game gets into a shootout, it's got a pretty high total, over 50, only a handful that are over 50. I don't think a shootout benefits this team at all. I think uh, Sam Darnold, even watching last week, missed a few wide open looks to over target DJ Moore. Uh, one specifically would have been Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold. I think that was his name. It was definitely D Arnold. I had him streaming as well. Would have been a 60 yard touchdown easily. Instead, they checked down for maybe seven. You know, still a completion fine. But those are squandered opportunities that, against an offense as high powered as the Cowboys, I think are going to bite them. And I think this is a dangerously low line. We talked about a couple trap lines last week. And still played them and still won. I think this is another one there where people are a little high. People love the 3-0. and People love the redemption story. Uh, but I'm back in that, that redemption story more so from the Cowboys side of things. Yeah, especially in the NFL, I think it's important to find some of those buy-low spots. That could be against the spread. That could be record straight up. When you find the perfect merge of a team that's covered and they're working it against the spread and straight up, I think that really is a... You know, I, I hate to use the word fade, right? Because that's not fair. But it is something you probably want to. You're naturally going to see some regression, and I think a good spot to target. I've watched some of those Panthers games. You know, opening week in the local market, I was able to see that Darnold uh, Wilson matchup, a little revenge spot for him. But in all these games, like you said, the offense hasn't really gotten fully clicking or going right i think that was a tough spot for the saints in week two to go down there and play in carolina they were still nomads at that point coming off a good victory in week one um and then you know in week three again against a bad team okay good but not overly impressive right which i think is important so i do agree with you i think you know defensively can they slow the cowboys a little bit yeah probably but in this league with the way the rules are set up, with the way that Cowboys offense is starting to get clicked and you know get healthy, the versatility you've seen from them being able to go with more of a pass-heavy attack in week one against a good rushing attack versus what you've seen in week two and three with them unearthing a little bit of that old Ron Dane Giants one-two thunder and lightning punch, right, in Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. I do agree with you. I think the punchline here is it's going to be tough for them to keep up. So let's roll with the Cowboys and let's roll with the offense. 
Yeah, and you know, just for the data nerds out here, I always love to bring it into the stats here. You know, we're looking at this Panthers defense again, number one in DVOA. That's overall efficiency compared to league average outcomes uh, in 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 the NFL. And Dave, again, just that, but factoring preseason expectations, that's number one and number five. Of course, that is elite on paper. But look at the opponent offenses here. You mentioned on this, uh, that's going to be the Jets, who have an abysmal point one one zero points per play. That's perhaps the lowest I've ever seen looking at these stats. Uh, Number two, we've got the Saints at at 4.3 yards per play. They just can't move the ball. And we did hit on the Panthers uh, in the second half there. Uh, And then last but not least, this is a Texans offense who was doing okay with Tyrod, but then they get their first start from Mills. And we hit the Panthers on that one. We hit that one on the spread. And we hit the Panthers Saints second half. That was plus four. That one won again. So it's not like we don't like this uh, this Panthers squad by any means, but I think this is a, a good fade of a team that's riding a little too hot, who is going to be looking at a major offensive regression here. They're already overperforming there, 12 in terms of offensive DVOA, but 22 in terms of offensive Dave. That screams regression to me. Remove their best player on their team, and I just think there's a lot to fade on this squad. So, end of the day, short line, sure, but give me the Cowboys minus four against this Panthers team. So let's we talked about some garbage. Let's let's stay in that realm. And I seem to keep coming back to this wonderful Detroit Lions team, the whale future. What, what do we call them? The Chernobyl elites are pumped about the Lions season yeah, win X, total baby. under. I mean, the, the backdoor X. specialists here. That's huh? right. That's right. So we're we're trying to avoid the backdoor special, and we are going to go with the team that is slightly not as bad, and we're taking the Chicago Bears minus two and a half. It is minus 120. We'll get into that before the end. But let's go with the minus 2.5, minus 120, which is what I've seen in most shops. There is some minus 3s, minus 105s. Uh, so depending on where you shop, you know, I recommend you know grab that line. You can take it. Uh, that's more than fine. I'm going to avoid the 2.5-3 swing. But let's dive into the pick a little bit, right? So DVOA-wise, neither of these teams are lighting it up. Uh, the Bears come in at 1-2. and two, The Detroit Lions come in at 0-3. Uh, hard luck cover Detroit Lions 0-3. Uh, from a team perspective, Chicago is 28th overall in DVOA, 31st in offense, 9th in defense, 21st in special teams. You look down at the Detroit Lions, they are 29th as a team, 22nd offensively, defensively 31st, and special Ooh. teams 18th. So a little bit of a mess in, in all these teams, right? So then how do you go a step lower to, to find out what you want or why the Bears at that spread are a little bit of a better pick? So... I think one thing that jumps out is Dave, right? Again, not the be-all, end-all, but a nice little thing here. From a team perspective, Chicago is slightly underachieving. And I say slightly because that's only 26 compared to 28th, where when you look at the Detroit Lions, they are 29th compared to 28th, right? So, you know, again, a, a little bit more space. Maybe the Lions, you know, climb up the ladder a bit. But... When you look at some of the opponents and some of the themes in here, you know, it goes beyond the stats a bit too. Justin Fields came in in the week two loss or week two win rather uh, for an injured Andy Dalton and played. They covered the spread at home. His first start, which I thought truthfully would be better, was on the road against the Cleveland Browns in a 26-6 loss that looked ugly at times. I don't know how much of the game you saw. I mean, I saw the 47 <laughs> yards total on offense, yeah. which was the, the box score. Don't impressive. lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what that came with, right, was nine sacks. Now Nagy didn't do him any favors. Again, I was surprised by that. But when you go under the hood, 
The Cleveland Browns offense is number one, first in the league in pass rush win rate. I know a stat we talked a little bit last time. They racked up nine sacks against that brutal Bears offensive line, which is sitting at 24th in terms of pass block win rate, right? So perfect storm there. How do you get better? How do you correct that? Well, you go against a bad defense. And that's what the Detroit Lions roll into town. They come in at 32nd in that same pass rush win rate that the Browns ranked first in, right? So strength on weakness, like that's going to help a little bit because Fields should have some time. He should be able to play better. You would hope another week of preparation for Nagy, uh, a good buy low spot off that performance, right? And if you flip to the other side, What's the public thinking? What's the public seeing and thinking? They're seeing a feisty Lions team that has been fighting all year. Now, maybe that trend continues, right? That's tough to get away from. That could be mantra of the coach. But how do you how do you bounce back from that record-breaking 66-yard doink after a missed delay of game penalty to, to, to lose, right? So I, I think the Lions going into Chicago are going to come out a little flatter. I think Chicago is going to come out a little bit stronger. Uh, a couple more data points that I think are helpful. When you look at Detroit's schedule compared to Chicago's defense, right? Again, because a lot of what you mentioned it before, you've, and I think even in some of our private texts, Jared Goff has been kind of surprising this year, right? Yeah, you know? he's looked pretty pretty okay, at least on yeah. those last two fourth quarters. You know, right. I went one and four in week one because of the goddamn Lions, one of the worst beats of my NFL career, that's for sure. Exactly. Um, but you got to think, like, that's not sustainable. You know, a two-point conversion to an onside kick into a two-point conversion to cover then another miracle drive last week. And, you know, candidly, I think that was a look-ahead spot for the, for the Baltimore Ravens. And I'll be backing them this week, even though that's Absolutely. not a super look short Absolutely, look-ahead spot combined with coming off the Chiefs' win. You know, so maybe mm-hmm. a perfect storm, Detroit at home, right? Yeah, if you, But if you look at those opponents, right, San Francisco, Green Bay, and Baltimore, they covered in two of those three games. They didn't cover, but they almost backdoored the Packers as well. So keep in mind, it was closer yep. than it seemed. Incomplete right? on the last play of the game yeah. to cover, and it was so a pretty good ball. Exactly to cover an eleven, you know, plus eleven and a half. So they did lose thirty-five seventeen, but they covered a nine and a half point spread, and they covered a seven and a half point spread. And you could argue they should have beaten the Ravens. But that aside, Chicago from a DVOA standpoint, defensively ninth, right? Those other teams, San Francisco 19th, Green Bay 26th, Baltimore 20th. Let's roll with the Bears. They get it done. Justin Fields looks better in his second start at home. I like it. I like it. That feels good. And Yeah, I mean, the Lions, betting on bad teams, you usually respect bad results. And, and we'll see if that happens this week. For your sake, I hope it doesn't. I'm not well, going to touch either on a, on a mediocre team. Against sure. a, bad team, right? <laughs> a mediocre versus bad. One Pretty thing to similar. touch on too, and maybe you remember this. Goff's last time that he played in Chicago. Now he has been Chicago twice with the Rams at home in LA, but two, but one really bad loss in the year the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, very true. And honestly, I'm hearing the tears over there from your side. It sounds like your wonderful son doesn't want you betting on either of these terrible teams. Perhaps this is a sign from the God saying, Ant, don't do it. Do not bet on either of these teams. They're trash. But I'm aligned. I think your analysis is pretty spot on uh, <laughs> on the, the Bears in the last one there. Uh, but either way, let me dive into this last pick here. I'm looking at, and this might be a controversial pick for some, 
I know these Arizona Cardinals have looked pretty damn good, but I'm looking at the Rams minus four and a half here. And again, we call a spade a spade. We give credit where credit's due. Arizona offense, they're loaded. There's no doubt about it. Kyler's looking like an early MVP candidate. But my take, and perhaps a hot take, but I think this offense in the eyes of the public is slightly overrated, and I'm looking to fade that. If we dive into the data here, we're looking at the Rams in terms of DVOA and Dave, same as always. Defense, number 13 in terms of DVOA, Dave, number 12. They are who we thought they were so far. Offense on the other side of the end, Rams, DVOA number one, Dave number five, overperforming a touch, but still pretty damn good, especially with a 6.7 yards per play and a points per play over five. Cardinals over here, we're seeing a pretty good defense, but one that's overperforming, their DVOA is number six, their Dave is number 13. We love that. On the offensive side of the ball, they're just about where we'd expect them to be, DVOA number eight, Dave number 10. But what's really jumping out at me here is that their strength of schedule offense Defensively versus defense is number 30. So again, I don't think this is necessarily an overrated offense in terms of talent on paper and the fantasy squad, but I do think it is being overvalued a little bit in the eyes of Vegas and the eyes of the public better. We look at the teams that they've played. The Titans rank number 28 in DVOA. The Vikings rank number 25 in DVOA. And the Jags ranked number 27 in terms of DVOA. They've put up, what, 34 points was the most out of those three against the Vikings. But this is a Rams team... <laughs> That is pretty good at defense and pretty good at offense. Something that all three of those teams can't even think about saying. So, you know, we look at this card's defense. I think they're also overperforming the six versus 13 Dave versus DVOA as well. But we, again, we think about these opponents. They got the Titans in week one. Titans have a good offense, but new receiver and they abandoned what they do best, which is the play action pass in that game. They only had the play action pass 3% of the time last year. It was North of 11 in almost every game and they blew. What did the Titans do in the next couple of weeks? Reestablish the run, reestablish the play action pass, and started putting up points. Number two, they get the Vikings. They allow 33 points to this Vikings team's data wise. This Rams offense is better than that. That's a major watch out. And then, of course, the Jags. Tyler Lord, or uh, T. Lore here, he is the worst on target percentage in the league right now. So, nothing to write about there. So, Rams, right? So far, so good. A bit of a letdown spot after a huge win over the Bucks. Fine, but that's okay. I'm going with the Rams here either way, minus four and a half. It's an offense that's data-wise better uh, than the Vikings, and that's great. And then this defense is fierce in terms of DVOA. They've been pretty incredible. I think the Rams might win this one by more than seven in a shockingly not close game. Can't, can't hate that there. I think you also have a big coaching discrepancy between uh mr uh cliff kingsbury and his uh you know one of his good buddies sean mcveigh so i think that matters that matters Just a, a couple lot. friends who love both Just a couple of boys and ale that's right Sport Nail Enthusiast. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening here. We're keeping it under 30 minutes every week. Free analysis, hopefully free winners. So far, so good on that front. Quick recap here. Your main man, she's a.k.a. the old man who bets, a.k.a. me. I'm going to be on the Cowboys minus four, as well as the Rams minus four and a half. And Latino, a.k.a. the odds fellow, a.k.a. your main man whose son doesn't like his bet, but that's okay. <laughs> He's looking at betting on two on paper terrible teams, looking to back this Chicago. Chicago Bears squad at minus two and a half, minus 120. You can shop that around. You can get it to three if you'd like at minus 105. Uh, Depending on your comfort level. That's right. Three is a key number, which we'll cover in a future segment. Yep, absolutely. So thanks for listening as always. Uh, This is, this was, and this always will be short-term high volatility investments. We'll catch you next week. Cheers all. 